Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. Um, This is your host, Ekta. I'm so excited about our guest today. I'm really, really actually starstruck. So um, without further ado, I want to uh, introduce you guys to Diana Mazone. She is the senior beauty editor at Allure, and I'm so thrilled to have her here. Welcome, Diana. Thank you so much for having me. That is so sweet of you to say. I am starstruck to be talking to you. So thank you. <laughs> You're the sweetest. I love it. Uh, I really want to know all about your career, Diana. I uh, kind of checked you out on LinkedIn. I was reading your <laughs> articles and I was just like, oh, I can't wait to talk to her. So can you do a deep dive into like what got you into, you know, editorial and beauty and everything? Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll start from the beginning. And yeah. that um, I grew up in upstate New York, about two hours um, outside of the city, but it might as well have been, you know, a world away because it was a, yeah. a very different way of life than it is in New York City. But I always was definitely attracted to, to the city, to the fashion world in particular. Um, so I applied to FIT when the time came to choose where I would pursue college. And yeah. I heard about a major they had there, I believe it was called fashion business management. And I knew I couldn't wow. be a fashion designer because I did not have the technical skills, but I was like, okay, there are other opportunities for me here. Come to yeah. find out that involves a lot of math, which is not my, <laughs> a lot of spreadsheets and merchandising and that sort of thing, which I was not, was not my strongest subject in high school. So yeah, I, yeah. I realized there was a better option for me, which was a major called advertising marketing communications. And that really played more into kind of my writing skills and my language skills. And, and I realized that was a better, a better fit for me. Yeah. I love that. I love, I love that that, op, that was even an option. I lo- really like that major. <laughs> yeah. FIT is a really, really cool school. I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, but they even have a, um, a beauty major. I, I'm forgetting the exact name of it. I think it's fragrance business beauty and beauty business management, something along those lines, but a really, oh, wow. really great place to be in a creative industry. So I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, I had a lot of internships while I was in school. I mean, I learned a lot in my classes, but I learned as much, if not more, by actually being out in the industry and, and working and getting that real world experience. So I think I had something like eight internships and I, I first started in a fashion closet at Glamour magazine. So <laughs> I... Wow. Yeah, it was quite an experience. It's where all the clothes for all the shoots for the magazine come through. So if there's a white t-shirt on a page in a shoot, even that is checked in through the closet. So you have to check in all the clothes and check them all out to return them afterwards. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So well, tedious, very tedious. tedious. It was a lot of, I mean, for lack of a better word, grunt work. And while I loved the the fast paced environment and the people I was surrounded with, I thought maybe I could take a break from this. I've kind of mastered the checking in and checking out of the of the clothing. So maybe we'll try something different. And I got an internship in the beauty closet at Elle magazine. And I just really fell in love with the beauty world. I had some amazing mentors there, including Emily Doherty, who was a 
a wonderful, wonderful editor who taught me a lot about looking at beauty from a kind of whole holistic standpoint and, and sort of changed what, what beauty meant to me and what the job of a beauty editor meant. So oh, I, wow. I loved it. I never looked back. And I, I mean, I probably should have tried my hand at some other types of internships, but instead I just really dug into the beauty editorial world. So I interviewed yeah. 29 and Marie Claire, um, a lot of a lot of places that have really robust and wonderful beauty departments that I was lucky to lucky to learn from the members of. So it's a yeah, I love that. I really love that you you saw something you liked and you're like, no, I'm going to stick to this and see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's just a nice world. I mean, fashion is wonderful, and the beauty, the people are just really fantastic, really you know kind, and also really exceptionally smart. I mean, not just from a science background, but just the writing and the, the interviewing skills. I'm, I love getting to use kind of all parts of my brain in the beauty world. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredibly, incredibly difficult field, I feel like, you know, and, and I want to dive into this later, but I want you to continue. So you were at L. Yes. So I interned, I think my last internship of the eight that I did, I graduated um, and I was interning at Marie Claire. So of course the hope is that, you know, you graduate and you land a job, but as I know, you know, from talking to other editors, the jobs are few and far between. So that timing oh, yeah. didn't work out, but then a month later, um, an assistant job at InStyle opened up. So I took that role and I really grew there and was promoted a few times and, and was kind of classically trained in that way. And that I went from assistant to assistant editor to editor. Um, and yeah. kind of kind of learned the ropes there. So I was lucky to lucky to learn there at InStyle and stay there for a while, which is I was there for a total of five years, which is quite a long time oh, wow. in our industry, actually. But yeah. the, the role shifted so much in during my time there. I mean, I like to joke that I'm a classically trained beauty editor because I, you know, took those steps and sort of had the internships and then the assistant jobs. But that yeah. doesn't really speak to the skills that I've gained and how my job has changed over that time. Because I today I don't look at my job as, you know, I'm a magazine editor. No, I work for a brand. And the magazine yeah. is one product of that brand. And, you know, we have um, a podcast that's a product of the brand. We have the Allure Beauty Box that's a product of our brand. So right. I, I don't right. look at my job, even though I'm in the same field as anything like what it was even five years ago. I bet. And, you know, it's so much versatility that you have to have as a human being. I mean, you know, to come into the editorial world, especially in beauty, things are changing so much. So how did you how did you feel about that? I mean, does this also go back to your, you know, being classically trained and, you know, kind of knowing the ropes from the ground up? I mean, did that kind of play in with that, with the changing environment? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's kept me excited and motivated about my job is that every day is so different. Every year is so different. There's always a new platform to explore and you're always, you're telling, you're telling beauty stories, but you're telling them in new ways. And that's really fascinating to me. So I yeah. think, yeah, that's what's helped to keep it fresh and kept me interested. And, and I, I really like that part of my job is, is adapting. So it's, I've used different parts of my brain and I'm always the first person to raise my hand if, you know, we need someone to work on the podcast, we need someone to do this, this digital exclusive, I, I like to be the person who has my hands in a lot of different parts of the business. Right, right. And that's, I love that, because I think, you know, that's the only way you can really, I think, grow as a person too, right? Like, I, I feel like, 
you have to go out of your little, you know, bubble of comfort and really kind of, so I really admire that. That's why I'm bringing it up about um, the editorial world. Cause I think, you know, it's one of the few fields where it's like, you have to constantly be on your toes in a way, you know what I mean? And, and really be up to speed with not only what's going on, but your own self, you know, your inner self and what you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I haven't been the the person who's kind of adapted to the editors as influencer thing as, as you yeah. on my Instagram, but, but I'm trying, <laughs> but that's another, another facet of it too, is, you know, how things have evolved and you, you have to have a platform and, and use it wisely. So I, yeah. that seriously, for sure. I probably a little too seriously. That might be why I don't have a, have a <laughs> as often as I should is because I overthink it, but yeah, I, I appreciate that part of the job as well. Yeah, I actually, you know, I was, um, you know, going through and reading some of your articles, and I'm just very, very impressed with the stories that you've really kind of taken on and wanted to write about. And I and I want you to talk a little bit about that. Um, I know that you, you know, you recently did a did a story on um, on Ellie Goldstein, and I and I was reading that, and it was just so cool to see someone talking about how you know beauty needs to be like re, you know read thought about, I guess, in a way, right? And represented to all demographics everywhere for people. And, and we really have to see ourselves in the in the feature. So can you talk about a project that you really loved? I mean, it can be that one or any other one that you yeah, really yeah, enjoyed. Yeah. I really loved working on um, that story. So thank you so much. That was part of a series called The Beauty of Accessibility that our wonderful editors worked on. Um, and I was lucky enough to write the digital cover profile on Ellie, who is a 19-year-old British model who um, has Down syndrome and was the face of a Gucci beauty campaign. So that's how she got on our radar. And we just thought she was such a wonderful personality. We loved her presence and she just is the most positive person in the world. So I was lucky enough to get to chat with her and we spoke with her agency, which is this wonderful um, talent management company also in London. And they represent people with you know, visible differences. And, and they had so many important things to say about you know, the need for accessibility on, on sets so that people feel comfortable and, and casting people. And they said their job, they're, they're most excited about jobs that are you know, just for an e-commerce site because you wanna have yeah. someone in a wheelchair you're shopping for on, on Gap, on you know Zara, on H&M. That's where you want to have that representation is just in the everyday dealings and that it doesn't yeah. need to be, oh, you know, all this fuss and falderall. That's just how it should be. So right. it was a really, really enlightening story. And I'm, I'm so proud of that package and our team because we put together so many fantastic pieces. Like we had, for example, someone who is visually impaired giving makeup tips someone who wow. has a limb difference showing how they you know do their makeup or what it's like to go get a manicure if you're missing fingers it was a really incredible incredible package and i know you had terry bryant who's the founder of guide beauty um, been able to create products that adapt to to different varying levels of ability and i just think that's incredible and, and so important yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, I completely agree. Terry was so awesome to speak to because she, you know, she was really like, it, it really did stem back to everything you're saying, where it was like, she created something where it was like, it relates, you can relate to it no yeah. matter who you are. Because I think when you cover material for 
you know, kind of the underdogs of the world, right? People who don't see themselves represented, um, you know, in, in the right way in the, you know, in beauty magazine or wherever it is that they're looking, they have some of the amaz- most amazing stories. So I love that. Yeah. And I got so many messages from people, you know, I have uh, even publicists who are reaching out saying, you know, my, I have a sister who has Down syndrome and being able to share this with her and to have her share it with her friends, it, it means the world to them. And I I think that's so important and to be able to have a platform like that and to be at a brand that prioritizes those kinds of stories is is so, so important. Absolutely. And I actually want to dive a little bit into that. What made you kind of come into Allure? Did you just like, I mean, was there something that when you, before you, you know, accepted your, your position there, were you like something you always wanted to do? You always wanted to join Allure? How did that come about? Yeah, I mean, I think for any beauty editor working at Allure is sort of like, ah, you have reached the pinnacle <laughs> of what it means to be a beauty editor. And right, right. I certainly feel that way. Um, I I have always thought of this and thought of beauty in this way. And I know Allure as a brand does as well, that beauty is kind of a lens through which we can tell stories about culture, about politics, about race. And, and beauty is a wonderful entry point for having those kinds of conversations. And that's what really, really attracted me to working there is, of course, it's it's the beauty authority. It's what everyone turns to. It's the it shows up first when you Google best exposure. Yeah, it's like Allure the like hub of beauty. Allure right. is the hub of right. beauty. And I right. absolutely, I remember like even, you know, when I was younger, I just used to look at, you know, I looked at Allure like, oh, Allure is the pinnacle. <laughs> like, I was just like, totally. you know. That's exactly how I felt. And it's actually, it'll be our 30th anniversary in March. So I've been lucky enough to kind of dig back into the archives as we work on some stories, kind of celebrating those pivotal moments in our history. And just the things we were doing are just really incredible. It makes me proud to proud to work there. I love that. I really love that. Um, so I actually want to talk to you about this concept that I was thinking about earlier. And I don't even know if it's logical, but I'm going to write it by you. Yeah. Um, the idea of like the skincare industry now, when we look at the skincare industry, there's so many products that are coming out. And, um, you know, it reminds me of back in the day when makeup was starting to become more inclusive. You know, people were coming out with darker shades. They were coming out with better products. Um, and I feel like skincare is kind of taking that turn at this point because I'm not gonna lie to you I've seen more science-backed products in the last like four weeks than I think I ever have in my life you know so um how do you feel like um you know do you feel like this is gonna be are we gonna run into the same problem with skincare do you think that we did with makeup where it was like this almost like we came to a halt with progression I feel like right it's like we we were like where is all the inclusivity you know where's all the the stuff that we really want and I think it took a push for the makeup industry to really kind of take that leap um at least that's how I see it um do you think the skincare industry might be experiencing that in any way yeah, I mean, I, I think people are demanding it. I mean, I've seen just a level of sort of shopping with your with your politics and shopping with your your ethics that's just really taken over the industry. And I think people are looking at, you know, the founders of brands. They're looking at what these brands stand for. Did they, you know, submit, submit their numbers to the Pull Up for Change challenge? Are, right. Are they... Conscious and and yeah, conscious. That's what it comes back to. People are are conscious consumers these days, and and I would love to see that more in skincare. Certainly, I mean, with makeup, especially as we were planning our thirty year anniversary, we were looking at okay, well, obviously there was you know the Fenty craze in makeup, and you can pinpoint that as sort of the moment where brand that raised the bar and brands started offering a larger 
shade range, but you know, you look at Mac and Makeup Forever, they were doing that before then, but sometimes it, it, it has to reach that inflection point. So yeah, yes. I'm yeah. eager for that to happen across all categories, certainly. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And yeah, Fenty was exactly what was I, I was thinking about. I'm like, because Rihanna came out and it just changed everything. You know, it just really right. like put it in the in hands of, I think, the daily consumer. And it really put a spotlight on that inclusivity aspect. So I, I really love that. And I hope that skincare has that one big, you know, moment where we're like, aha, you know, right. <laughs> it has to right. be discovery driven. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I think that concept of kind of being a conscious consumer and, and shopping beyond just product is, we'll only see more of that, which is a fantastic thing. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I want to ask you a little bit about the digital world because I feel like with COVID, you know, obviously everything has been shifting to virtual or digital, you know, like it's just, I think, you know, the way people are consuming media and, and stories and everything, um, how has that been for, for you in terms of like the professional aspect of it? I mean, has it been challenging or easy? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my job is totally different than it was a year ago. Um, yeah. I would spend so many of my days, you know, going to market events and meeting with brands during what we call desk side appointments. And obviously that doesn't happen anymore, but we have Zoom, which is is wonderful, but different. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's been an adjustment in that way, but I think some of it will stick. You know, there are some meetings that work just fine as a Zoom and we can all use put that time to better use and I think we all appreciate found time in that way, but yeah, it's a different way of working. And I miss being in a room with our incredible team and, you know, just swatching things together. Oh, how does that lipstick look on your skin tone? Oh, it looks like this on me. Oh, it's pilling on me. And I mean, yeah. that totally is totally, totally different. But um, yeah, I think the digital world will have a lasting effect in, in the industry at large as well. I mean, I've had, you know, telemedicine visits with dermatologists. I'm, I'm fascinated yeah. by that world. And I've heard interesting things from plastic surgeons about how they're working and, and the numbers are changing and the, the techniques are changing that they're using and they're doing more neck lifts because people are sick of looking at themselves on Zoom. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. a crazy, it's a crazy thing. And I think we'll be feeling the ripple effects of it in, in every way for years and years and years to come. So yeah good ways yeah. and so ways that make me worry will disconnect from each other a bit, but, but I'm right. fascinated by it all. And even, you know, we think about like makeup testers a lot. What's that going to look like? I, I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. So we, we try to get ahead of that. I mean, we worked with um, UCAM, which is a makeup virtual try on app. That's so cool. So mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot going on in that space. So it'll be really, really fascinating to watch. Yeah, I'm excited. That sounds really cool because I remember the um, there was like back in the day there were like the you know you take a picture and you upload it onto the internet and then you try on different stuff and I could never right. <laughs> totally or even you know QR codes I used to think where who uses QR codes that's how you look at a menu at a restaurant now and that's how you you know yeah. scan and get more information when you can't actually physically touch something so it's it's wild. Exactly. No, I, no, I want to kind of like um, rewind a little bit and go into this because I, I wanted to ask you this in the beginning of the episode is really your, when you were, you know, coming into like what you thought was, you know, beautiful and just approaching beauty, um, you know, as a woman, uh, can you take us on that journey and the things that were kind of, you know, maybe the struggles or the questions you had, you know, just looking at beauty as a whole growing up? 
Yeah. I mean, I loved fashion and I kind of first looked at beauty as a tool to kind of enhance my my fashion choices. So for me, it's always been really closely tied to, to self-expression. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm always, always fascinated by how public beauty is, but also how personal beauty is. And I think that's such an interesting sort of push and pull. So these days, I certainly look at, at skincare, particularly as, as really kind of self-care. And I know that's not a new, a new concept by any means, but for me, that's, that's my time. And I mean, even during these crazy, crazy past few months, it's, it's an anchor and it's, it makes you feel good. And that's so, so important and can't be overstated. And again, that's not a reinvention of the wheel here, but it's, it's so important. And for me, that's been a, a really important anchor during this, this crazy time. So I I don't do a million steps, but I do really care care for those steps and and it's an important part of part of my day and just makes me feel grounded so I've been even sometimes I've been joking that I don't do morning skincare and evening skincare anymore I do afternoon skincare because I am showering (laughs) not always in the morning these days I must admit so even taking that time midday even between meetings to you know do a sheet mask yeah no same same I totally get you it's like you know anytime that you you know you go into it it's like skincare is a ritual so I I totally get it I'm the same way actually (laughs) I know it's crazy, this new way of working, but yeah. So midday skincare is a new concept I have been, I have been pioneering, but yeah, anytime, anytime you can do it. I know our editor in chief posted the other day, she just does five minutes of yoga in between meetings. Like I might paint my nails during meeting. It's just taking. (laughs) I love that. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's all we can do these days. Yeah, no, that's really, really cool. And, you know, I think like everything is definitely changing, but like, you know, I think with skincare, it's really becoming this more like self-care heavy aspect because obviously we're all at home now and it's, you know, we have more time in a way. So, you know, I want to ask you like when you really do spend that, you know, extra 10 minutes on your skincare, what are some things that you like look for in a product that like kind of compel you to have, you know what I mean? More time that you want to spend with that product. Um, If that makes any sense, like, you know, how do you like your favorites, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love a tool. I think that the right tool can really take your skincare routine to the next level. So I'm definitely, I'm a new face devotee. I'm super into microcurrent, uh, love a, love a face roller naturally. Um, I've done those little facial cupping devices. I think those are fun. Um, Because it's it's about entertainment too. At the same time, it's self care. Yes, yes, it is. Um, So yeah, I think those extend it. I'm I'm all about like turning on a putting in my AirPods and having a podcast going, or you know, really leaning into it and and taking that time. So yeah, I go all out. I set the scene. I've got a playlist. I've got candles. I think it's about creating a moment in a lot. Of- yeah, the ambiance is everything. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, it reminds me of you know when back in the day everyone was had the had the photo of the bathtub with the bubbles and it was candles. It's like now that's skincare. <laughs> right. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So no, that's very important to me. Although I'm not a bath person. I've never been a bath. Person. I haven't either. I've never been one either. I, you know, I think you're the first person that I've spoken to that said that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll take a long, long shower. That's one beauty rule. I have no problem breaking is to take a hot shower. I know that it's not great for my skin, but I just need that time. Yeah. Same. Same. I it's, even it's, you know, it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, I even wash my face in the shower is another beauty no-no that I kind of lean into. I do not wash my face at the sink, only the shower. So yeah, no, I do the same. I don't, I didn't know that was a beauty no-no. I had no idea. They say it's because the water is too warm, but you know, as long as Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I have, I have mixed opinions about it. You know what I mean? It's like, I think it's a personal thing. I don't, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm not going to go in on a tangent, but I know people have like kind of argued with the cold versus hot water. You know, it's just, you can lean either way. So I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. Right. <laughs> so I get to. Exactly. We were, <laughs> this is how nerdy we get at Allure's that we were talking about a study that found that a cold rinse after um, your hair is shampooed does not do anything for smoothing or making your hair look shinier. <laughs> and literally there were scientists who tested this. So these, right. these are the, the Slack discussions that we have. At a no, they're important so, discussions because these kind of like, you know, trends, they just take off. And I'm sure you know much more than I do. You know, like they, it's like someone says something, I feel like, and then someone else picks up on it and it just becomes a thing. And I'm like, well, where's the science? Right. And it's like a huge question mark every single time. So, you know, that's kind of a good segue, I think, into my next question for you, because, um, you know, obviously I, I have to ask you about um, your opinion of using, you know, um, just dermatologists and bringing them into your, you know, into the feedback that you want before you really write something um, that you feel passionately about. Can you take us through that process of how you work with um, the medical side of things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am, um, I like to think that I know more than the average person about beauty because of my training, but I am by no means a medical professional and I'm certainly aware of that in everything I'm writing. So we vet absolutely everything with board certified dermatologists and that is so, so key. Um, yeah. We really value those relationships. I mean, for us, we have you know a wonderful stable of pros and I can text someone literally and say, hey, what do you think about XYZ ingredient? Or this isn't sitting right with me. What do you think? And right. that's a wonderful perk of the job to have access to those folks. And I think there's a point where, you know, I can talk about something and I can say my opinion about something, but I'm certainly not going to make a medical, a medical claim in that way. So we absolutely recognize when is time for a dermatologist to, to step in. And, and I think that's a really important thing, especially as, you know, I, I even get caught up on TikTok videos and I'm listening to these people and I'm like, wait, wait, who told you that? Who? <laughs> and it's yeah, so yeah, it's craziness. It's so easy to get caught up. Um, so, well, yeah. you know, I think you're doing a service uh, really for everybody out there, especially young women, because I remember growing up, like there was no information on dermatology, like nothing. Like I remember when I had acne breakouts, I had no idea that I needed to go to a dermatologist. So now like I, I really love, um, you know, reading articles and then you have a dermatologist quoted, you know what I mean? Because I think if there's a 13 year old young woman reading that or, or you know, young man reading that, they're going to be like, wait a minute, I should go see a professional, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. and really treat it like a health thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't take it lightly that the first thing when you Google, you know, how to use retinol is, is probably an allure story or among the top five results. And that's where people are getting their information and you can do serious damage to your skin if you aren't 
taking care of it properly, as we all know. So that's yeah. not something that I take lightly, for sure. So it's, it's really important to have those opinions in there. So of course, there are times where, you know, it's our preferences, like our Best of Beauty Awards are, are huge for us. And those are all editor decisions. But when it comes time to award things that make big claims, especially for our breakthrough awards, which award, you know, the most innovative formulas and ingredients, that's when we bring in that unbiased panel of experts to sort of weigh in. So there's yeah. time and a place, certainly. I would love to actually talk about that because, I mean, the Allure approval, you know, the stamp of approval from Allure is so, I look for it. I'm not going to lie to you in almost every product in Aww. beauty that I purchase. No, I really do. And it's like, it's kind of crazy because it's like, I have done it so much. And I remember when I was first doing it, I, it was like, okay, this really works. You know, everything Allure suggests for me it always seems to work. And I, that's not a placebo effect for everybody out there. Aww. It's I'm really true. That. I'm happy to hear that. And I mean, I had always admired our Best of Beauty Awards, even when I was not part of the team. And as you said, looked at it as the standard and, oh my goodness, it has the seal. Okay, it must be good. And yeah. now that I've sort of seen um, behind the curtain and seen how the process goes, I mean, I can tell you very confidently that our editors vet every single product we receive um, as, a, as a submission for Best of Beauty, which is a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, thousands yeah. really so unfortunately I missed out on doing that product in person this year um, and this was my first best of beauty but um, I've heard about the swatching parties and literally you know okay we'll spray this hairspray on 10 different people is it crunchy on you no okay check and <laughs> that's how <laughs> done literally this year we did it all of course virtually so you should have seen the number of packages that were arriving at my door and at the doors of all of our editors and we were testing from home so that was a little bit of a, a different process but again we got together on zoom and it's okay how does this does this go blue on you it goes a little blue on me it, it was a really funny funny yeah but I, I bet that was like a huge like slumber party kind of thing like I always think of that I don't know yeah. why I have that in my head but like totally <laughs> no you're right I mean we are known to tune into those types of meetings with eye patches on or you know where we're um, blowing on our on our manicure to make it dry faster mid meeting, as one does really yeah, when you're in the right. world. Priorities, so, my friend. <laughs> you know what? It's part of the job. So there you go. I know I always feel a little funny sometimes when I'm doing something beauty related in the middle of a workday, but that is that is a perk for sure. That's your job. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. And honestly, like I'm very very um very envious. <laughs> it's fun. amazing. It's really fun, I must say. Um, so I want to ask you, Diana, I want you to, and I know this is a very hard question um, because you just touched on how many products you receive. Can you tell me maybe your top five that you're loving right now in skincare? Yes. I mean, I, I guess I look at my routine in terms of categories versus specific products, except in a few cases, which I will tell you about. But um, for me in the morning, I, as we said, cleanse in the shower and I use something that's lightly exfoliating. Um, once I'm out of the shower, I'll do an essence if I have a little extra time and then always, always a vitamin C serum and sunscreen. That is, that is my morning routine. Um, yeah. just not very, very much from that. And then in the evenings, I use a micellar water every evening without fail. And then after that, I exfoliate. I'm a big chemical exfoliator. So that's big for me. Um, yeah. I'll do another essence application, I might do a treatment serum or two, 
retinol, and then moisturizer. So I look at it in product categories and then the things I test kind of fit into that. But there yeah. are a few staples like Elta MD, UV Clear, SPF 46 is like, I, I cannot be without it, truly. Really? Wow. I have to check it out. Yes, that's the best in my mind. And I mean, the ultimate test as as spoiled as the sounds for a beauty editor is what are the products you would actually buy because we are so lucky to be sent things. And right. I, do, I do use my own money. I know I sound like a, <laughs> a little spoiled five-year-old here, but I use my own money to buy LMD UV Clear because it's just the best. And I love, um, I'm sure you've heard a lot about the Augustinus Botter line. I know that's an editor favorite. Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed, obsessed with that. And Dennis Gross is my favorite um, chemical exfoliator. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> I feel like the using one of their pads is the difference between a good skin day and like a great skin day for me. You literally, I feel like you're reading my mind. Like I, <laughs> that is one of my staple products. I completely 100% agree with you, 100%. I I love it. I wish it was a little more sustainable. I don't love throwing out the packaging every day, but I know. Um, but that is like a must, must have for me. Well, I think it's brilliant when I when I first saw it. You know, like that product, that individual packaging concept. I can't get over that because I keep thinking in my mind, like for all of us busy men and women out there, you know what I mean. We we like to throw things into our bag, and you know, like how easy it is to reach in your bag and just grab like one of those peel you know what I mean the duos like it's just so simple and easy and I love that about about their product totally totally so yeah, yeah it's one of my favorites I use the extra strength now I recently graduated from the regular version so yeah yeah um okay like I really I, I have so many questions for you so I'm like literally it's trying to streamline <laughs> um so you know I want to know about you know well I want to ask your opinion about what you think um brands should be focusing on right now let's I mean and I mean that from a social uh standpoint to be honest because you know we're going through a really uh very you know historical time um and I and I just wonder um how beauty takes that and like kind of incorporates it you know what I mean like the the industry so is there something that you've you know maybe thought about or, or you've seen that is like a really good social incorporation in the beauty world yeah I mean I just think transparency on every level is so so important and that's about what you're doing what you're not I mean I mentioned the pull up for change movement I'm not sure if that's been mentioned on the the show before but is an incredible movement across all industries but a lot of beauty brands have caught on because it was um, started by Sharon Shooter who is the founder of Oma Beauty that's U-O-M-O Beauty, yeah. um, which is a wonderful, fantastic line and talk about a foundation shade range is, is absolutely fantastic. And she challenged brands to, you know, step up and release the number of employees that they had at a, at a corporate level um, who were people of color. And yeah. so it, it, you know, brands posted in the numbers weren't always great, but at least they were posting. And then a lot of brands took it to the next level and said, and here's what we're going to do about this. And I think that's what's really important and seeing that through. So, you know, I have my eye on brands who have, have followed up with that promise and, and seen what they're doing and what they're implementing, implementing um, yeah. because it, it's not just a trend. And that's what's so, so important is, you know. It's real change. It needs real action. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think transparency at all levels. And of course, you know, the other side of that corn is, is transparency when it comes to ingredients, when it comes to packaging and 
you know, we hear a lot of, a lot of brands that are, we're zero waste and we're doing this and that. And, and that's just almost become the norm. And that's just sort of what I, I, I mean, I hate to use the word expect, but it's, and, and how are you thinking about doing this sustainably? And I mean, as I said about the, the exfoliating pads, I'm thinking that way too, like, Ooh, this is something I need to, I need to think about. It's a wonderful product, but, and I think that's how we, we all need to, need to think certainly. I completely, I completely agree with you. And I think that's, that's awesome. And there's nothing wrong with setting the bar higher and higher and higher, you know, like, I think, I think the age of like catching up, in my opinion, is like gone. Like, I feel like at this point, we should, you know, when we set a bar, everyone should strive to achieve that. And I think there's like, in my opinion, there's just no excuse, you know, at this point, like, you have so many examples of amazing brands and amazing founders and, and, you know, amazing people in the editorial world, such as yourself that are backing this concept so it's like there's really like when I look at it as a consumer there's no reason a brand shouldn't be living up to their their claims of inclusivity or their claims of you know transparency like you said there's you know and it needs to be baked in from the beginning too I mean I meet with a lot of brands that are just starting out that are soon to launch and I'm so impressed by those that you know have a charitable component baked in from day one and I think that's that's so important and have sustainability baked in from day one and, right. and even brands that are doing it, but don't need to, you know, shout it from the rooftops because that's just how it should be. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. Well, Diana, this was amazing. I am going to invite you on like multiple times, by the way, because oh, of just the time. Amazing. Awesome. And everyone out there, I know um, Diana underplayed her IG, but uh, check out her uh, Instagram page and, you know, leave us some feedback on this cover art. If you have any questions or if there's something I didn't touch upon that you really want to hear more about, um, just leave some comments. And if you have any questions for Diana, I will pass them along. Um, But thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Diana, for your time. Thank you for having me. This is really fun. Hey guys, Ekta here. So I wanted to pop in really fast and tell you guys about this amazing line that I've been loving, loving, loving for the last month. Um, Imogene and Co. I hosted Allison, the founder, um, you know, a few weeks back and ever since I've just been, you know, using her line every day and it's really made um, a difference in the way that I approach self-care. I mean, it's it's a line I can go to at the end of every single day that I know is going to work. I've seen results in my in my skin and also just the overall experience has been wonderful, especially in the mornings when you don't have a lot of time and you really have to grab products that work really well. So, you know, I just want to shout out Allison and Imogene and Co. And I hope you guys will go check them out. Um, I just want to also mention this is in no way linked to the episode. And anyway, this is just my opinion. And I'm going to start doing these blurbs um, a little bit more in my episodes, just recommending lines that are working and that I really think are doing skincare right. So, you know, I hope you guys like the feedback. Let me know what you think. And let me know if you have tried Imogene & Co. And if you like the brand. I'd love to hear your opinion and insights. But thank you so much for for your, you know, your attention and and listening to Skincare Anarchy. This has been such an amazing experience for me so far. I'm so humbled by all of the amazing guests that have agreed to come on to our little show. It's it's just amazing. So, thank you so much and stay tuned for another episode. <laughs>